The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Does having a near-death experience mean the end of spiritual searching, or is it just the beginning? Does an NDE bring a solution to life's problems, or does it engender a heightened awareness of struggle, failure, and loss in this life, and even stress to the point of PTSD? And what role does faith and church play in the healing of life's wounds? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. There are many accounts in print these days that imply that the NDE experience brings spiritual clarity, an answer to most, if not all, of life's problems, a sense that all the experiencers' questions have been answered and there lies before us a clear path to follow for the rest of our lives on Earth. For some, that may be true, but based on my advanced read of the book she's working on, I think our guest today would say it ain't necessarily so. Like me, Sherry Ann Stanley lives on the coast of Maine, and like me, she had a near-death experience when she was still a child. And here to tell us about her experience and its consequences, I'd like to welcome our guest, Sherry Ann Stanley. Sherry, good morning. Hi, Hi, Lee. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm great. Really excited to share my experience. Well, great. Why don't we get started on that? Tell Tell our audience about your NDE when you were a child. Okay. Well, it was February 7th, 1980. Um, I lived in Massachusetts, and we moved from Maine. Um, My dad got transferred, and I was getting off the school bus after school finished. I don't remember much after um, getting off the school bus, but crossing the street after the bus dropped me off, I was hit by a truck going really fast down the road. It was a busy street. That part I don't remember, and I don't remember being flown, I guess, 10 houses down the street and landing on a statue at the end of a road driveway. So first mm. I was hit, then I landed head first on, a, I guess, some statue at the end of a driveway. I don't remember any of that. What I remember is looking down at my body on the side of the road. That was my first out-of-body experience when they were working on me, seeing what was broken. The second was the ambulance driving off with me in it. And I was like, wait a second, I'm in there. How come I'm not going with it? At that moment, I had my short life review. because I was only eight years old, so it was short, but I knew it was me. Uh, after that, I, I woke up in darkness in the hospital, which was very frightening for an eight-year-old not knowing where you were, um, what happened. And I honestly thought I was in hell, which was scary for a little child. Yes. Um, just when I was really panicking, I think that's when a lot of fear and anxiety, anxiety set in. Um, the door opened, a nurse came in, the light came in the room and said, go back to sleep, you've been in a terrible accident. And I guess I, I, was, I was so lucky to be alive, I should have had... I should have died, and I should have had severe brain damage, I was told. The out-of-body happened again. I was above my bed. The next day, it was daytime. My family was in the room, I believe. There was a priest doing the last rites. 
And I remember being above my bed seeing this and looking down at me all broken, you know, broken femur, ribs in an oxygen tent. It was a mess. Looking down at myself saying, I don't want to be in there. And there was a cross above my bed. And this is Cardinal Cushion Hospital in Massachusetts. So I remember going up into the cross and I was like kind of sucked up into this white light like they talk about. And yes. where I was going, that was the best part. I ended up in heaven with Jesus. I don't remember the, the, what it looked like there or the only and the most important thing is remembering being with Jesus and holding his hand and looking up at him, smiling and I was skipping. I was all healed. My body wasn't broken and I was so happy wherever we were going. I just was skipping. And he had this great sense of humor, which I will never forget. And I just wanted to go wherever he was going. The only thing I remember him saying is, it's not your time. You have to go back. And I don't know if, if I threw myself down and had a tantrum, but it felt like it. I, w- I did not want to come back. As much as I love my family, I did not want to come back. But I did. And I came back into the room above my body. And I fought really hard not to go back into my body. I describe it like playing racquetball with the ball going against the walls, not trying to hit the floor Mm -hmm. really fast. My energy going around the room, just circling my bed, not wanting to go back there, trying to fight it in spirit. And then suddenly I went back into my body. And that is what happened when I was eight years old. (laughs) (laughs) A question I get asked sometimes is, after your soul has left your body, do you feel like you're still an eight-year-old, or do you feel more mature than that? Do you feel like an eternal soul? No, I I felt like a child, my eight-year-old soul, but maybe maybe wiser, too. I like um, what Dr. Wayne Dyer said. Said where he says we are not souls with a body, we are bodies with a soul. But we are soul. He says we are souls with a body, not bodies with a soul. I got it right. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> and I I believe that. So it's hard to adjust to life after you experience something like that, and it's affected me tremendously over my life. Um, I didn't know what was going on and why this happened to me and why. Why am I to share this story? I didn't know what to do with it when I was young. And then I found a book by Betty Eadie, Embraced by the Light, which I held on to for life because it was the only story I knew about that was close to mine. And uh, then I wrote about my story and thinking, okay, I can, you know, share my story. It wasn't right. It wasn't the right time. There was so many things that started happening to me. Um, just for my mother that passed when I was 32, I started getting signs from her after she passed mm-hmm. that it was hard to talk about to other people and explain. Um, when you, when you were still a child, did you tell anyone about your experience? I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't until I was a teenager until I started talking about it. I mm. couldn't. Who, even, who did you tell? I told my parents, I told my family, my sisters, um, and 
that was it. It was, I felt like not embarrassed. I didn't think people would believe me. I thought they thought I was crazy for having this <laughs> and that I was making it up to get attention or something. And it was, it wasn't so. Um, now you, you were raised Catholic, right? Yes. And, and your, uh, how did your, uh, how did your parents take it? Did they see it as fitting into their understanding of uh, our relationship to God in heaven? No. Um, they they accepted it, but they didn't really, um, really further it. Because of the Catholic upbringing, I, I think they were set in that, um, I don't know if, if it's taboo or not, that that wasn't something we talk about. So it wasn't really discussed in my family. So I kept this major thing in my life to myself, and I started having these massive panic attacks, surprise, surprise, and didn't know how to handle those either. Um, it wasn't... Now, go ahead. Before your before this accident, had you had any anxiety? Uh, no. No. Unusual anxiety. So you're, you think this, uh, your, your, um, anxiety attacks and even in your book you described as PTSD. Yeah. Uh, were a result of, of your near death experience. That's what I had different doctors tell me. So, mm. and I searched and searched. I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I kept going. My mother would take me out of, out of school and bring me to doctors and they'd say, nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. And then finally one doctor said, you're going to, you have you're having anxiety attacks. It's probably resulting from your accident, and you're probably going to have to be on medication the rest of your life, and it's going to be a long road ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So, I I researched. I did everything. All these. I did transcendental meditation. I did. I I seeked all these um, alternative healing paths to try to cure this on my own, which never would be possible. It, it was years later, um, after my mother passed, that I I became born again. Um, I searched down different paths, and I always believed in Jesus, but I just wanted, I wanted to be with him again. Like, I wanted that peace in my life without fear and anxiety. And I tried to search to get to him. So, through journaling with the Holy Spirit, through... I did a course of miracles for three years. Mm-hmm. It led me to a personal relationship with Jesus where I felt like now I can talk to him anytime. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to go anywhere. And I can leave all that guilt behind and just I can talk to him anywhere. He's mm-hmm. very forgiving and loving. And it, isn't it interesting that... Uh... Religion, which is supposed to bring us closer to God, sometimes gets in the way of our uh, personal mystical experience. Mm-hmm. We 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 have a we have an experience in our life that, such as yours, where you're actually in the presence of Jesus, holding His hand, and you think that would be the answer to everyone's mm-hmm. <laughs> spiritual question. Yeah. And yet, and yet, when you come back and you talk to uh, a traditional religious, you know, Protestant or Catholic, uh, pastor, you very often get, uh, this, uh, kind of cold shoulder, this lack of understanding and, and lack of curiosity, mm-hmm. um, where they don't want to understand what it is you're talking about. 
Why do you think that's why do you think that's so? I'm not sure. I I don't know. I, I I try to think. What can I do with this message? How can I help people? And I've encountered many. I think I told you the other day where I talked to different atheists and non-believers, and I think, well, they want to know. I want to know why they don't believe, and then I want to share with them why I believe. And I tell them my story, and they say to me, well, I won't believe it unless I unless I have a near-death experience myself. And that, and I hope that maybe I planted a seed. Like you said, maybe they'll walk away and think, really, what if something happens to me and, you know, there I am with Jesus. Am I going to believe then? So I don't know if it's the same thing, but I, I'm not sure. I was, I was interested, too, to see that you had uh, uh, studied Transcendental Meditation. Yes. And, uh, uh, the, um, I guess it was the Maharaji. Yep. Group, uh, yep. <laughs> I yep. encountered that group uh, myself. Oh, uh, wow. I that, didn't know that. Uh, uh, several decades ago when I was yep. still young. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it's interesting because even though you're essentially in, in your heart um, a Christian, you're looking to see if any other man-made um, religion can bring you closer mm-hmm. to uh, to that kind of Christ consciousness, even even if it's not a Christian religion, mm-hmm. because uh, there are certain things that the Eastern religions um, offer us in, t- in terms of meditation and so forth that really does uh, open up doors that um, most traditional Christian religions do not. Right, I think that. Is the nice thing I try without intentionally thinking I was doing it. I was merging the two together, mm-hmm. which I think helped me to become intuitive and more hypersensitive and aware to people, to just so many things. And then through prayer and journaling and after losing my mom, where I would ask for signs and I was receiving signs like from my mother, from God, when I would pray, because mm-hmm. I sometimes I think of myself, even after what happened to me, I still think of myself as this doubting Thomas, because I'm constantly asking for signs, and why, it's just, I think it's just that we're humans, we do that, and so I would get signs and different things from my mother after she passed, and I would always ask God, how do I know that really happened? If that really happened, when I look out the window, there's going to be a rainbow, and there would be a rainbow. Or if that really happened, I'm going to see another ladybug, and there would be a ladybug. <laughs> and these things just keep happening to me. And it's it's amazing, but it's also like, what do I do with all this stuff? And how do I maybe help someone else that is having the same thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I... Um, research there's more and more books about it more and more people are having a lot of the similar stuff that i'm having so that's nice to know i'm not alone (laughs) having these experiences there's a ton of other people um having these things one of the things about it of course is all the adversity that you ran into in your life Mm -hmm. i i i uh, picked a passage out of uh off page one 109 of your book, mm-hmm. which sort of summarized it. I thought I'd read it here. Oh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> All I know is how I got through so much pain and so many tribulations here. Losing my mother was the hardest. 
overcoming and working with PTSD, losing two of, of uh, businesses I worked so hard to achieve, losing my one and only child in a miscarriage, almost losing my father after a stroke, losing all of my money, having money stolen from me, being in physically and verbally abusive relationships, losing my own home, a home I had for 10 years. Then you say, shall I go on? <laughs> yet all, <laughs> you yet all, all of these, yet all of these ordeals brought me to where I am today because I leaned on God for my refuge. I leaned on God, cried to God, prayed to God, shouted at God, and finally I surrendered to God. It is true in all that well-known prayer. It was then that he carried me. I thought that was a very moving passage. Oh, thank you. I, I was tearing up hearing it from someone else. It sounds like, how did I go through that? <laughs> and, and yet I well, that's, did. <laughs> that's what I was, that's what I was wondering because, uh, you didn't always have, you didn't have a clear channel, uh, to God because you were going through various, uh, churches. You mentioned, yeah. uh, Seventh day Adventists, mm-hmm. which interestingly enough, the Seventh day Adventists do not believe that we can see anything after we die until right. the, uh, second this coming. Is- we just, it's a soul sleep that they describe. Right. Which, it, which is, uh, flies in the face of almost all of the near-death experiences that uh, have been testified. you know testified. how hard that is for me? Because my sister and her son are Seventh-day Adventists, and I respect uh, their their uh, belief in everything, and I think they have a wonderful um, church. And yet it's hard to share my experience with someone that would not believe it. But I've told them, but it's it's still, as you can imagine, it's hard to talk about it to someone that you know that they don't really believe it. So I have, I had, I was going to say I had a good friend in my doctoral program where I got a, uh, a doctorate in, in near death experience. There was a seventh day Adventist in the same program and mm. she just <laughs> felt so uncomfortable oh, with, yep. with my choice of a, of a thesis topic. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had, we had the same kind of, just total breakdown in communication. Mm. And uh, actually, she finally dropped out of the program, and I've often thought, I hope it wasn't because she couldn't reconcile her, you know, the teaching of Seventh-day Adventism with with, um, with my topic and what I was mm. discovering. Yeah, hopefully you left her with something to think about. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the, the last thing I did want to mention was in my sister... Um, who passed two years ago and unfortunately took her life from a, a mental illness. And she came to me probably a couple of weeks after passing and gave me the most beautiful gift. That I don't know if you got a chance to read about that in the book where I, I did. She, she whispered in my ear, I was praying, and I wasn't even asking for a sign. And I guess that's the best time to get one is when you're not asking for one. And she came to me and told me everything's just fine. I love it here. It's beautiful. You don't need to worry. And I'm sorry that I did this to you and the family. And and I, I here is my doubting Thomas again. I said, if this is real, give me a ladybug to let me know. And I didn't see one for a couple minutes. And then I found the ladybug in the middle of winter on the window. So I believed, you know, again, I go, okay, thank you. I'm not going to doubt anymore. But I, I still do it. <laughs> But that was amazing. That was a gift to me to know that she was okay. And then I got many other signs from her, too, 
which has helped me to heal. And I just, I guess if you're open to it, it will happen for people. My friend who keeps asking for signs from her mother, I, she says, I want a sign, I want a sign. And I just said, I guess you just have to be open for it. I don't know how to make it happen. It just happens. Mm-hmm. So you can't make a sign happen. You can pray about it and ask for it, but you can't, I don't know how to explain it. Um, well, it's uh, it's all in God's hands. And, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> and what, if I'm sure if God thinks you need a sign, you will get a sign. Yes. I I have certainly had people say goodbye to me, you know, as a chaplain at Eastern Maine Medical. I, yeah. Uh, uh, many, many times things have happened after, just after a person has passed that mm. I attribute to their saying goodbye. Yes, yes. And, so, and I'm, go ahead. No, no, go, you go ahead. Oh, and the other book besides Betty's book, the other one that you're probably familiar with, Hello from Heaven, I held on to that book too because now I have this near-death experience that I'm trying to deal with, and then I start having these ADCs, they call them after-death communication, and Hello from Heaven was the only book back in the 90s. I still have my old copy, and I just, I love that book so much because it was filled with people that have got um, communicated communications from their loved ones, mm-hmm. and like the phone call from my mother where the phone rang, and there was no one on the other end, and I knew it was her. Because I was just talking to her um, mm-hmm. in spirit, like talking and praying to her. And and I didn't believe it was true that we were having this conversation. And then the phone rang and no one was on the other end. And in that book, Hello from Heaven talks about it quite a bit of people that had those same exact experiences. So that was nice. So it's nice that people write about these things to help other people with their experiences. Well, that's right, and I think um, one of the things that uh, when your when your book is finally published, mm-hmm. that it, it will it will reassure people who um, have had experiences like your some somewhere along the line had had a an out of body or near death or mystical experience, and yet have never been able to reconcile that with the fact that their lives have been so tough. You know that mm-hmm. that, that things seem to go against them. You'd think, well. Gee, God gave me this wonderful gift, and yet my day-to-day existence is just so depressing and so mm-hmm. trying and so anxiety-ridden. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think maybe that's that's where the audience that your book could best serve, mm-hmm. um, because uh, as, as I said er- earlier, so many of these books make it seem like, well, I've seen the light, and now everything is. Golden and glorious, and oh, that's no. just not the way it works out for many people. No, not at all. It, it makes it so much harder to be here because once you experience that bliss and that pain-free, um, and being with Jesus, and you nothing compares, nothing in there. And then this world filled with pain and anxiety, it's so hard to com- you can't compare the two. I mean, it's it's so hard for me anyway, and I'm I bet. Like you're saying, a lot of people feel the same way. It's so hard once you experience such a bliss and such a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. So you do the best you can, and my faith in Jesus, I guess, helps me through it every day. And trying to remember that experience on how happy I was, but I need to be able to also live in the present and 
and I'm doing that more and more. It, it seems the more people I share my story with, the easier it gets. And just yesterday at work, I chose to speak with a coworker that I didn't know that well. And come to find out, she herself have had a near-death experience. And she, she was, I guess, hit by a truck twice when oh, she was no. like five and then seven. So it's strange how I'll choose a person to share my story with. And then I, I find out that they themselves have had a, a near-death experience. So, One of the things that I've noticed in, uh, in talking to families in the hospital setting is if you bring the subject up, if you open the door, that many people will have something to report along those lines, whether mm-hmm. it was a, a visit from a deceased relative or um, a vision that they had or a near-death experience itself. Um, there, there are so many people out there who have had these experiences and yet are really reluctant to talk about them because they think, mm-hmm. oh, some they'll, people will think I'm crazy. Right, exactly. Uh, so the the more you communicate this, certainly the more the more it will be communicated back to you. Uh, yeah. You will you will start hearing stories from all different directions. It'll be very surprising, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it is. Great. Um, great well, one of the it. great things about the IONS uh, annual conferences um, is that if you if you can come to one, I think you'll be very moved by it because when you have several hundred people in the same room who have had near death experiences, mm. it's just it's such such a powerful experience. And of course, this, the talks are excellent, the workshops mm-hmm. are excellent too, but. Um, but just that presence of all of those people who've had these visions. Um, I can't imagine. Very, very moving. <laughs> so if you can get out to California for the one, uh, you know, and coming up in uh, on, over the Labor Day weekend, it would be I will, great. I will try. I know my nephew goes to school in California, and he'd love to see me out there. It's just that is a long journey. And I made my mm-hmm. first plane ride, uh, plane ride trip just in November after 15 years of not flying. So different things that um, I haven't done in a long time starting to do, um, which is nice. So that's going to be on the bucket list again. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Going to the IONS, definitely. Sounds like a good thing. You had to mention at the end of the book that that IONS had benefited you, and I was just wondering if you wanted to talk a little about how it might benefit other people. Absolutely. Well, all the stories to share in there with all these near-death experiences, it it makes you feel that you're not alone. So when I found the website, and I wrote them my story years and years ago, and then I wrote them again and became a member and just constantly go there and read the new stories, and it it's just nice to have that community of people that went through the same thing you did and reading all the different stories. So it definitely benefited me, and I'm thankful for them to have this site where people, and for what you're doing especially, it's amazing. One of the things that near-death experiencers uh, often um, report is an increased belief in reincarnation. And my question is always, if you've been here, done this, why would you ever want to come back and do it again? If you've you oh. got any thoughts on that. I, I don't believe in it, and, and I hope, and I don't want to come back again. I want to do it right this time somehow. I hope that I'll be able to get it right this time and not have to come back. I don't. 
I want to be where I was before and and experience that to the fullest. <laughs> so that's just what I think. I I after you've been there, you don't you don't want to be back here and experience. You want that bliss. And yes, that 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 potential for merging with the light is yeah. so is is so wonderful that it, it just seems strange that you'd want to come back and tempt fate and, and right. your own uh, lack of uh, strength by living another lifetime. Mm-mm. No, I think I did it many times in this one life. I went through so many <laughs> things, and, and, and I'm still, you know, halfway there. I don't know. You know, that's God's will. But while I'm here, I want, I never thought I'd be sharing my story, you know, something so personal with me. And, to me, and then now it seems like all these stories are coming out of different people that had the same experience. The movie coming out in another month, Heaven is for Real. Yes. I'm so excited to see that, and I have everyone planning on going to see the movie with me because that it's just another confirmation of what happened is true. Other people yes. had it, and now they're making a movie about someone's experience, so... Yes. That's well, there have been actually several movies uh, 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 on the same theme, but this one I'm looking, I'm particularly looking forward to. Uh, it looks like we're just about out of time for today, okay. Sherry. And but I want to thank you for being on the show uh, oh, with me, thank and you. I, I look forward to the publication of your book, Soulful thank Journey. You. Two more weeks, I hope. Two more weeks. We're just doing some oh. final touches. <laughs> so. Excellent. If you'd like to listen to the show again, uh, listening audience or any of our other programs, please visit our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IANS, please check that website at iands.org. There'll be information on that site about our upcoming Labor Day weekend conferences on NDEs and health and healing, which is going to be held at Newport Beach, California from August 28th to the 31st. So save those dates, and thanks for listening.